All right. So how was your week? My week was productive or mm. I don't really know how to describe my week. It was. Oh, no. When the, matter of fact, my week was awesome. The beginning of the week was great. We had pastors here from all over the United States. Mm. And um, for six months, yeah, yeah, yeah. a team of us, shout out to my team, to uh, Pastor Todd Stout, shout out to Pastor Lola Johnston, shout out to Pastor Ronald Williams, shout out to Pastor Vadim, shout out to Versicare Foundation, Advent Hope Ventures. For six months, we have been teaching and training and equipping pastors about community engagement. Mm-hmm. And so the culminate culmination came to Dallas. Nice. And I had the privilege of, you know, finishing what we started about social justice mm-hmm. and how to get involved and how to be um, you know, be a be a force in your community. So Dope. that was great. It was t- I was tired Monday Monday and Tuesday, but nevertheless, it was it good. Was, it was good. So mm-hmm. good um, for the soul. I'm happy I'm happy about the uh, pastors that are you know, the pastors that are usually not on the circuit, on the radar, that's getting all the, you know, that are always, aren't always seen, mm-hmm. but to know what they are doing, yeah. these pastors are doing, is phenomenal. So um, I'm I'm real happy about that. That's what's up. That's what's up. It felt good to see you um, just really excited about the work and excited to have these, um, you know, uh, ministers Women and men come together and just essentially talk all things um, social justice, what they're doing in the communities and how they can um, better be, um, I don't know, better, better equip. equipped. Yeah. Essentially, mm-hmm. that's what it is, better equipped. So shout out to everyone that participated. I could definitely tell that you really thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, yes. So really happy for you in that regard. Thank you. You're welcome. How was your week? My week was weekend, y'all. My week was weekend. Your week was weekend. Um, <laughs> weekend. It was weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, essentially, what I learned this week was there are a lot of lies that I tell myself. I, I, there are a lot of lies I tell myself, mm. right? Even lies that, um, uh, lies about God or who God says he is, right? I often believe the lie that I create, the narrative that I create in my mind. And so um, a beautiful soul that God has gifted um, to me, um, you know, we had a conversation and from that conversation, it just completely changed the trajectory of my entire week. Talking about me. Yes, I'm talking about you, darling. Horns. <laughs> um, but we, d- I definitely came away with the truth and three truths that I came away with that I've been kind of reciting for this entire week is that God loves me, that God is leading me, and that God is with me. And mm. so that... I keep telling myself those truths, right? And kind of letting the lies that says opposite, you know, um, to stay to stay in the back or just completely stay out. So my week was, it started out a little rough, but I'm glad to say that I'm here present and just really excited about what God is going to do. And I'm really, really, really happy that I get to believe the lies and really see how God is going to move. So you said, believe the lies. I mean, believe the truth. Oh yeah. Cause you, My did, bad. you did say believe the lies. I'm <laughs> not believing the lies anymore. That is yeah. <laughs> Amen. I've decided to leave the lies, but to believe what God says and Amen. what God has to say. So yo, that's dope. Yeah, it is, man. Cause that sometimes the devil be like yo. trying to KO, you know what I mean? Like trying to knock me out. But you said sometimes. Yeah. It's true. It's constant. It's constant. But I'm really glad that I'm on the other side and I'm here to tell the story. So mm-hmm. praise them. I mm-hmm. hope you guys had an amazing week as well. Or if your week was not as amazing as mine in terms of like the beginning and now is like, yo, we hear it's Friday. It's the weekend. <laughs> yo, it's the weekend. And whatever you choose to do with tomorrow and Sunday, that is totally up to mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Just Enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Enjoy breathing in and breathing out. Mm-hmm. 
and enjoy mm-hmm. the people in your circle. Amen. And don't let no squares get in your circle. Amen. That's the word. Okay. That's the word for today. That's the word for today. Badam bam. Don't let squares in your circle. Okay. Okay. Shay Andy says, my week was bomb. God, <laughs> God is good. It's good. Bomb with two exclamation marks. That's what's up. Yo. I'm glad to hear it. Shout That's out to up. bomb weeks, yo. Mm-hmm. When you have a bomb week, you're just like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I made it. Facts on facts. You know what I mean? So shout out that God allowed you to get a, have a bomb week. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. Um... So we just going to get right into it. It's been like, I think, oh, yep. look at that. 13 minutes in, uh, over 13 minutes in. So last week we talked about boundaries. It was a great conversation about boundaries. And so I, would you? I yeah? would say so too. Okay. What's up, Mia? Mia Naomi. So you want, would you like to give the intro? Not no. intro, excuse me. Update, I not think, update. I recap. really think I really think you're better at the recap because I, don't, think I so. don't remember. We talked about boundaries. I know boundaries, but I don't remember the details. Like what what part we talked about boundaries in our marriage? Yeah, just boundaries in marriage, and then yeah. And then like what we do and don't do. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> What up, Matt? I mean, guy, excuse me, not Matt. I don't know why. You know why? Because I keep seeing John, 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 John. Sorry. Jean-Louis. Shout out to guys, Jean-Louis. Yo, Um, let me tell you something, people. I I really have difficulty remembering things, recalling things. hmm. Like, it just, I, because I think I move from like one thing to another. I move and just forget about huh. whatever I did the day before because I'm so focused on what I have to do now. Okay. So I think so I, after we had our conversation Friday, so much has happened. Yeah, Saturday so much. happened, Sunday happened, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays that I'm just like, but I can don't I pa- remember. Can I pause yeah. you for a little bit? Pause. However, we did have a conversation about today. We so... did, but I don't remember <laughs> what we talked about today. Okay. All right. Okay. That's all right. So... Um, last week we talked about boundaries. We kind of, um, gave a, uh, definition of, of what boundaries are. Um, we had Tiffany and we had, uh, I think it was Melissa Johnson. She talks about how, um, boundaries are, uh, self-love, like a, a form of self-love, mm. right? That, okay. It's coming to you now. Okay. It's coming back. Okay, great. And so, um, creating those boundaries are important just as a human being on earth. And even when you get married or you're in a relationship that is so important to establish those boundaries for yourself and then be able to express those boundaries to your spouse or to your boo, whoever you're in a relationship with. Right. And so we just kind of talked through those things. We kind of gave an ex- gave examples. We talked about boundaries that we had in our marriage. Um, and we also talked about the phone boundary and what that looks like. Like, you know, we just kind of talked through all those things, but realized that we did not capture um, boundaries in the bedroom and boundaries um, with children. Like, and we really wanted to talk through that because I don't think I hear about it often, right? Unless you read a book or maybe a podcast that you listen to, but you really don't hear that. Oh, you're good. You're really good. You're good at, really good at this. Thank you. Really, really, really. Aww, shout that's... out. You're really good to this. I was sitting there like, I want to watch that episode. Okay. <laughs> Not sure what's happening, but sure. Yeah, I was like, Let's man, that sounded like it. it was a really good episode. It but was. I, I remember what you were talking about okay. and setting those boundaries. And yes, we didn't talk about, and I think as a result of that conversation, I don't know if it came up in the chat or it's just we realized, okay, what do boundaries with children and boundaries in the bedroom look like? Right. Oh, yep. Welcome aboard. Oh, thank okay. you. And I think there was also a part where we talked about boundaries and respect for each other and that not groping you in public and things like that and respect we didn't talk about that body we didn't talk about no that. we did not talk about oh. that at all all right i'm gonna talk um, about that okay all right um so yeah so that's pretty much like a a really accelerated way of updating you guys with or recapping not updating recapping last week's episode so mm-hmm. here we go so now we're talking about boundaries in the episode in the episode in the bedroom Okay. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So do you want to start this or you want me to, I feel like I've been talking. No, I think you're doing an excellent job. I, I mean, mean, I know that I am, but I'm just saying like, I'm, I don't mind sharing. Right. So right. go for it. I get it. Uh, so I think what we discovered after our conversation last week, and when we talk about boundaries in marriage, we're, we're really talking about just relationships and period. Right. That's not just marriage. Right. If you're in a relationship with someone else, that there's always boundaries in regards to what that other person wants and that other person's desires and protecting them. And I think in our conversation last week, we just stumbled upon the fact that there should be boundaries in marriage in the bedroom. We didn't stumble like we talked through this. Yeah. I mean, like we 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 came to a point mm-hmm. where we were like, we need to talk about this. Right. Um. And so that's why we're here right now. So do you think there should be boundaries in the bedroom? Yes. Why? Because it's important. Why is it important? <laughs> I thought you were going to lead with it. <laughs> lead the lead us into the conversation, not asking me, but that's yeah, how you want to take I'm approach. Yeah, I'm leading okay. into the conversation because based on your answers will determine how I'm going to answer back. Um. I think, yes, it is very important for you to have boundaries in the bedroom um, because um, there's simply some things that you like or there's some things that you may not like. And it's important for you to be able to express that boundary to your spouse. Mm. What if your spouse disagrees? <laughs> If this, if my spouse, if you disagree with what my boundaries are, then there's a deeper issue than, than, than us talking about boundaries. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. That if you can't respect that, then there's, there's a deeper underlining issue um, that, that bringing up those boundaries probably have unearthed or opened up. Right. As a result. But let, let's talk. To the to the to the people. <laughs> Let's talk to the people. Um, what are your thoughts with regards to if your spouse, if you brought your boundary to your spouse and your spouse is not in agreement, and let's be specific in the bedroom, right? And your spouse disagrees with what it is that you are sharing. Um, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What's an example of a boundary in the bedroom? You're asking me. Yeah. I'm a, well, I'm asking anybody. Okay. If anybody wants to uh, say in the, is, wants to chime in, then please answer the question however which way you feel that you should. But I think a boundary in the bedroom should be uh, definitely like what you bring into the room, what you bring into the bedroom. Right. That has to be agreed upon between you and the other person. That what you bring into the bedroom? Yeah. Like what do you mean? Like the the conversation, there are, uh, you know, you bring in you bring in somebody else into the bedroom. Mercy. You bring in movies into the bedroom. You bring in objects into the bedroom. Those type of things, like we can't ignore that. So, I think I think also to the boundary in regard to my body, like what's okay, what's okay for you to do to my body versus what I can do to your body is definitely a boundary that should be set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree that that boundary should be set. Um, I think, I believe that um, one of the boundaries that I know that we have in our marriage is um not bringing pornography into our in our into our space um into our marriage into the bedroom like not using it as a tool to somehow create a vibe of sorts that will you know whatever like that's something that is a boundary for us right where that's like that's a hell no. <laughs> right. Hell no, 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 no. Right. So like I always wonder or I, I, I'm, and people are chiming in. I always wonder like. I think when boundaries are set, there also has to be a compromise in some ways, because 
there can be boundaries that are set where the husband and the wife, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, um, the, you know, whatever kind of relationship that you're in, boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend, whatever you're trade, right, with two people, that there can be a boundary set by one person and the other person is probably not happy with that boundary or doesn't agree with that boundary, right? Like, yeah, that's may not what you like, but that's what I like. So who, I guess my question is, who wins that argument or who wins that, who, who, gets, who, who gets to give in? I think it all depends on the situation. Maybe a therapist may be better able to answer questions like this. But I think that um, there has to be compromise for sure. But if I'm letting you know, as it relates to my body, that this is something that I don't feel comfortable with, I'm going to assume because you love me that you would respect it. Right. I think boundaries can be tricky. Right. Um, and then there are some times where where people compromise those boundaries based on whatever. I just solely feel that if, if it's relating to my body, that you do not have the right to. Dictate, even though it's something that you may like or you may enjoy. Is something that I'm for me personally, I'm going to hold to <laughs> I'm going to hold on to that. Um, where I pro- I'm not going to compromise with it. Um, maybe time, maybe therapy, maybe talking through it more so that you can have a better understanding of what it is that or why it is that I'm feeling this way towards this act or the way that you do certain things. But for right now, this is something that I feel and I don't know, like it's a it's a very thin line. It depends on the p- person. But when it comes to the body, yeah, yeah, yeah that's no. a hard no. Yeah, I agree. I think the the person, I think that the person who feels offended or feels some that that will feel some type of way should always win, or should always be respected, even if it's something that the other person likes. Yes, I think that if your body if your body is compromised in any way, shape form of fashion that it should definitely win in regards to because it's it, it won't be it won't be a relationship if one person is getting pleased or one person exactly. is getting what they want and that other person is just giving in but they're but they feel violated and disrespected exactly. it's almost like remember old boy uh old boy that got up and said if there's anybody you could rape it's your wife my god like that that's clearly you ain't you ain't got no self-respect. You ain't got no boundaries. Again, I think because women especially it felt feels as though like we don't have control over not control, but yeah, we don't own our bodies in a sense, right? Like we've been taught like the man is the one that kind of like, you know, like our bodies were purely meant for reproduction, right? Like that is what our bodies are for or meant for. And there is no absolutely regard to, you know, how, how to make a woman's body feel right. Where it's just about selfish desires, where the man gets to decide, Oh, well, I'm going to, I'm a man in the bedroom. So I gotta, you know, um, you know, um, show my manhood in this way, right? Versus it being a, a something that you're coming together and you're doing um, um, where both of you are pleasured, where both of you are pleased and is not one or the other. I think it's so important to be able to communicate. We've been talking about communication for the past few weeks, but that communication uh, piece is is key. Like, being able to speak up, like if something may have worked, listen, some things may have worked two weeks ago and this week is not working, right? So do you say quiet and just pray that it will work over a period of time or it may feel good over a period of time? Or do you say, you know, hey, let me go ahead and speak up and just talk about this. Right, right, right. Like, 
I, you know, and I think Shay Andy said something good, right? Mm-hmm. She said that shouldn't that be discussed before marriage? And if so, people change. So if they change the way they feel about certain things, then what? I think that's like that is always a a hurdle, right? That because if if we've been doing something mm-hmm. for three, four months, a year into into our relationship, and then all of a sudden you or the other person brings up or myself brings up like, I don't like this. You're going to be sitting there. I think for me, I'll be sitting there like, one, why didn't you tell me this before? Two, when did you stop liking this? Because particularly too, if you were acting like you were liking it at the moment, it's going to be like, it's going to be a real hard sell conversation. I think we kind of mentioned it last week that, if you gonna if you gonna get up, you gotta be consistent, mm-hmm. right? So you can't go back and forth. If you say something you don't like, or if it says something that you don't that makes you feel some type of way, you can't say it once and then go back and then when it's done again, you're like, da 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 type of thing. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-mm. No, what You're saying that you have to be consistent. I think so, yeah. I think that. All right. So let's just hypothetical. Um, you okay? Dishes in the sink, right? Mm-hmm. If you tell me I don't like when you leave dishes in the sink, mm-hmm. and then for a year into our marriage, dishes have always been in the sink. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me that, and I'm going to be like, oh, word? All right. Then I switch up, and I start making sure dishes are not left in the sink. And then a month later, I probably leave dishes in the sink, or you leave dishes in the sink. And then I wake up and see dishes in the sink. I'm like, okay, what's going on? You was just getting on me for not leaving dishes on the sink, and now there's dishes in the sink right Mm -hmm, now. mm -hmm. So that's why I'm talking about consistency. You're talking about consistency as it relates to... Sex or being pleasured. Is that what you're specifically talking about? Right. So you're saying that if this time, <laughs> if for for a certain amount of time, you're accustomed to being in a, let's, let's be real. Hopefully the kids are asleep in your house and they're not watching this, but even if just let them go somewhere else. But what you're saying is um, if... Um, if, if I, if I'm accustomed, if I'm saying, okay, I'm accustomed to one position, right? One position all the time. This is what we do. This one position, right? And then a few weeks later, I'm like, "Mm, I want to change it up. Right. Um, for whatever reasons I want to change it up. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm trying to try, maybe I'm trying something new in in our um in our bedroom maybe i am um maybe i'm maybe my body just does not um uh respond the same way th- to that position so here so here now now i'm like yeah this position is cool this this right i'm changing positions now i think i actually want to go back right i think in marriage you should have that freedom to change things up because i don't think in you know to 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 our uh, experience sexually i don't feel like i feel like sometimes you'll be like yeah this is great this thing this works but then this does not necessarily work the same way and that's where the excitement comes out where you're like oh let's try this way let's try this let's try this thing right and and hopefully and prayfully it works and if it doesn't work like it's a trial and error i think it's our approach right how do you approach the the conversation of hey do you approach it in the moment in the heat of the moment or do you approach it maybe when i'm uh, maybe i approach it when i'm um uh, on my cycle, right? Um, do I approach it when we have clothes on and we're not trying to do anything, right? I think approaching it should not just be, should not be in the moment. Right. I agree. And I think the last part you said um, helped fix it, right? Because uh-huh. I'm thinking about it like as a position that 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 is done and then for like three, four, five months, 
you or the, let me not say you, the person has not liked that, never liked it, Mm -hmm. never want, but because they never spoke up, they never say anything. They just continue to allow it to happen. Mm -hmm. Then maybe a year later, they come out and they'd be like, I hate this. Right. I think the other person is going to be like, fam, where's this coming from? Like, we was doing it like this all the time. You was acting like you liked it and stuff like that. And then now there's just a whole, this is like a whole switch the ball game. I think the other person should definitely be um, understanding mm-hmm. and should be appreciative. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you should or we should feel like that person shouldn't feel some type of way when the boundary is verbalized, when it's been a year after doing it a certain way. I agree. I agree that um, if if it, if it was not something, if a year has passed and something has not been said, I think there's a deeper issue, an underlying issue of maybe being afraid, right, to express that thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it can be a lot of other reasons, right? I don't know. But I think that I think that it's important to be soft in these moments. Both the person that is saying, yo, it's been a year and I'm not feeling this. Right. You're not going to come in and be like, yo, you're the, you know, your, your approach is everything Mm -hmm. as well as the person that's listening to it, that they also listen to it from a softened heart, not a heart of like, yo, what are you trying to say? Like, you know, you're trying to say that I'm not, you know, yeah. whatever. I think I think you just I think it has to be approached how you approach the conversation when you approach the conversation and how you approach the conversation with your um, with your spouse, with your partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So Shay says, but suppose your spouse compromises just to please you. But after a while, she or he does not want to do that anymore. What's the next step? Compromise comes with boundaries too. No? Mm. I think, yeah, I think the compromise does come with boundaries. I think that there should be, I think that there should be a limit to the compromise or not constantly always giving in because of trying to make somebody else happy. If you're in a relationship, right? it should be both of you are trying to make each other happy. That's mm-hmm. like the part, that's the point of a relationship, right? right? It's not to make each other angry, it's right. to make each other feel respected and to be heard. And so regardless of the fact that, you know, if like this is a scenario we just brought up, if there's a certain position or if there's a certain thing that's done in the room, and no matter at what point or what time that either person is saying, I don't like that, it needs to be immediate stoppage. Yeah. Because then we are we are high key, not low key. We are high key embarking on abuse. Right. <laughs> let's be, let's keep it out there. Even in marriage, I know it happens. So if you cannot respect those boundaries and you are forcing yourself on your spouse, then that's. Yeah. That's straight abuse. That's straight. That's violence. So, uh, Pierre Seven, what's going on, Pierre? She says, as people change, evolve, grow, can we become lenient in our boundaries? Are they always set in stone? And mm. I think it's speaking to what uh, Shay uh, asked. Essentially, can the boundary be compromised? Yeah. And, can you be lenient in those boundaries? It depends. But I think I think I, I think she's onto something. I think that the older you get, there's a possibility that the older you get, you just become. I don't want to say aggressive or just you just said like, aggressive. Yeah, it's not aggressive. I think you just become whatever, right? It's almost like look, I'm in my seventies now. I'm in my you know if it. I think this no. You in your seventies and you. This is what I mean. Okay. I mean like this, like. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if the older you get, is it are things still worth fighting for? 
mind you, what I mean, though, is if there's something, I think no matter what age you are, if there's something that makes you feel less of a human, that makes you feel violated, no matter what age you are, you are always supposed to speak up. Mm -hmm. You're always supposed to set your boundaries and Mm -hmm. make them clear and explicit. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, is there... Are there things that the older you get where you're just kind of like, you know what, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'm good. This, this what, this what makes this old person happy and just go ahead. I think we would definitely need a perspective from somebody who's been in the game. I don't know. I don't know. X amount of years. I feel like, yes, we do evolve. Yes, we are growing. And yes, even those boundaries may change. Right. Um, but I think if it's relating to your body, right, that. Your body, your mentals. Yeah. Like, you know, all those things affect. How your body responds to stimulation, to sex. Right. Um, I think even age, I think even perimenopause, post premenopause or whatever other postmenopause, whatever, or menopause, like all those things hormone, hormonal wise, like affect women's libido and all those things. Right. So I think it just depends on, it just depends on the individual. I don't know if I answer, we answered your question, yeah. uh, PR7. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's think, complicated. Yeah, it's I th- very, very always, complicated. I don't, think they're all, I don't think boundaries are always set in stone, but I do know that they definitely change based on circumstances, based on whatever, right, experiences. Um, and that I think it's important to leave space for that to change, both spouses for that to change. Um, especially in the in the bat in the in the marriage and also in the bedroom, right? It will it will change, right? It will change. It has to change because people change. We all change. We all grow. We we like certain things. Some <laughs> sometimes we like Chick Fil A. Sometimes we like McDonald's. Right? Mm-hmm. It all everything changes after a while. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm sorry. What's up? <laughs> Camilla, Camilla chose violence. She says, hey, Carlene in Texas. I ain't Texas. Camilla chose. She's <laughs> choosing so violence funny. on this evening. Why is that so funny? Oh, my gosh. So That's let's so do funny. just a really quick, um, a really quick recap with regards to um, if you have when you have your boundary. Right. Ask yourself first what you like and what you dislike. Even before you set your um, boundaries, ask what you like and not ask, but ask yourself first, what do you like and what you dislike in the bedroom? Is that a conversation before marriage? It's kind of hard to, if you haven't had sex. Mm, No, no, I'm not saying like, but like now... I'm just, I'm just throwing a curveball out there. Here's the curveball. Here's the curveball, right? Like I know that in the Christian, in the mm, probably Christian Muslim, mm-hmm. and various realms, religious, and let's use religious realms. Like, is this a conversation that should be had before marriage, or is this a conversation that needs to be had? After marriage. I think before. I think whatever conversation you have before marriage, you should have it. Right. You should have it during the marriage. All throughout the marriage. So it should be a continuous, consistent conversation conversation Mm -hmm. before marriage and throughout the marriage. I don't think you ever should stop talking about sex in your marriage. Ain't like you're going to stop doing it. Right. If you're still doing it, you might need to keep talking about it Mm -hmm. um, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't think that it ever stops. Definitely before. But before it it may look different if you're not Adventist, excuse me, if you're not Christian or, you know, you just, you know, you're having Mm -hmm. sex before marriage, then um, then that's that's something that should definitely be discussed if you're not having that conversation already. Yeah. So, um, so what do you say? Like, yo, I like this. I want this. You want to do this? That that's how the conversation goes. No, 
I mean, if if actually, you know what? If that's how you communicate, absolutely. Go for it. Do all of the things <laughs> that you want to communicate. If that's how you communicate, have at it. Um, I wouldn't communicate that way. Um, but I definitely feel Yo, that a don't conversation. Be, don't be coming at me like this because that's not what I'm feeling. That's what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. Yo, cause yeah, because even, even the conversation of like toys, like. Sexual toys, like Don't what do we do? That stuff around here, yo. <laughs> like if someone is like, "Yeah, I actually love sexual toy toys in the bedroom." Do like, you? Be like, what? Do you say? Do you say? You know what? That's not my thing, right? Be like, say more. Yo, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm, I'm being, I'm being silly tonight. Um, apparently, so um, I think that's important to have the conversation before, during, and during your marriage, um, and I think. After you get married, you know, there may be things that you like and there may be things that you dislike. And those are the conversations that you have and say, yo, and I think you should lead with that in a positive way. Be like, you know, um, I love you when you do this, but I don't enjoy it when you do that. Right. Yeah. It's it's not easy. Oh, I know. That is, and that takes practice because I think in relationships, you. You don't want to hurt your Mm -mm. significant other's feelings Mm -mm. or make them feel some type of way. So Mm -hmm. it's always difficult. But I think that if you're having the conversation consistently, then you're working that muscle and you understand that neither party is coming from an intent or a place to put down. Like you said, it's the approach. I believe that... If you are intimate with your spouse, and when I mean intimate, you have conversations where you just feel like you're just vibing and you just like are wrapped up in each other's the way you the way you think and the way you're communicating and what you're saying to each other. I think intimacy does not start in the bedroom. I think it it enhances like it, it, it just does this enhancing thing after right conversations or after you have intimate moments with spent with each other. So I want to also put uh, emphasis on that, that the in- intimacy does not begin when you lay on the bed. That is not how it starts. Um, I think intimacy begins before that, before that happens, mm-hmm. like you cultivate that, that ability to really see each other for who you really, who they really are. And then when you see that person for who they really are and yes, with flaws and all, with flaws and all, but in those flaws, you accept the flaws and you're just like, I just, I'm so in love with this person. And I just, I just care so much about them and I want the best for them. And so when you lay down in the bed, like all that mm. passion and all that intimacy is oh, like, okay. come I feel on. Like, I feel like you need some quiet storm music playing in the background. Oh, for real? Yeah. Like <laughs> what? Intimacy in the bedroom and the feelings. But it's... Like, but it's it's the truth. I'm I'm here like some some Marvin Gaye playing right now. Some Teddy Pendergrass, brother. What's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, just, just, just the way you you just you you just levitated just now when I you was levitate. talking about that. Yes, you did. You were so in, you just was floating ex- out of the chair, expressing myself and just talking about how important it is that piece. And uh, for me, it's 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 beyond the bedroom. It's definitely connecting and then in those moments being able to speak up and say hey let's talk about you know this is what I really love but I don't really like the you know when you do that Mm -hmm. I think in those if you have the intimacy right if you have the intimacy there to be able to speak up and feel naked and feel not ashamed not a, right but you're naked and not ashamed but you're in those moments when you're expressing i know let me speak for myself in those moments when i express myself to you sometimes i feel naked right naked in a sense of like i feel this like you know it's almost like embarrassing like oh my gosh like i i don't necessarily feel like you know like how do you talk to someone about that but because i know all these things about how you feel about me I can truly express and you not being like, oh, you trying to you trying to, you know, so. Well, in relationships, there should always be a comfort with feeling vulnerable. 
Yes. Right? So if you're naked and not ashamed, and I'm not talking physically naked, mm-hmm. but naked in the sense of I'm bearing my soul to yeah. you, there's always that level of vulnerability that should be there. But how does how does the other person make you feel safe in your vulnerability? Mm. Right? And not feel judge or belittle yeah. you or make you feel stupid or look at you crazy like yo what are you talking about like that's that's what i like that's what i want to do right mm-hmm. so and i think that also goes to the intimacy part right yeah. like how do you how do you practice vulnerability mm-hmm. like that's in in your marriage that's why I'm, and in know, the bedroom i don't even know if we're going we're going to probably have to do a part three because i don't even know if we're going to have enough time to talk about the kids you're about to we about to we about to go to the kids in, okay. in a moment <laughs> now we're about to go to the kids i think we've spent enough time on the on this on the uh, uh can you go to the thing please um i think we've talked through um um boundaries that are, are that that you can set in 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 the bedroom um we said speak up we talked about have a, a clear and direct be very clear and di- direct about what it is that you what you will and what you will not do um do not wait until you're about to have sex to talk about boundaries that's a no <laughs> we're not talking about that but like don't do that 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 that'd be horrible um, you can, um, whatever you want or, um, whatever you don't want, make sure that your partner knows this before anyone takes their clothes off. Mm-hmm. So again, don't have that conversation about boundaries when you're about to have sex. You're like, hold up. We need to talk. Yeah. But that's a mood killer. That is a mood killer. That's almost like, yeah, we're just going <laughs> to put my clothes back on. Yeah. That's like, uh, can you look up, uh, what are the ingredients for filet mignon? Like, <laughs> there's a what? mood killer in all the yeah, it is. shape, form, and fashion. Yeah, that's all a right. hard no. Kids, the children. Do children need boundaries? Everybody's going to say, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, children definitely needs boundaries. Oh, them jokers. I think they need the you most. You said them jokers. They need the most boundaries. <laughs> um, so I think... It's important for us to teach our kids boundaries so that they can be able to know boundaries that they need to set for themselves. Because children should be as much as much as we set boundaries for them. It's to model what how we want them to set boundaries for themselves. Right. Please teach your children boundaries. Reason why I'm like really adamant about teaching ch- children boundaries. Tell us. Is because I don't want your boundaryless child oh, disrespecting <laughs> me or doing something to me when I see them in public or when they're around. But that's the thing. That's the thing. I think boundaries is kind of <clears throat> excuse me. It's fluid, right? Because it may be a boundary in their in their in their if you see a child being disrespectful to you, to you is disrespect in their family. It may not be looked at as this, as disrespect, right? They, their boundary could be like, Oh, you can act a fool, but make sure you don't talk to a stranger. That's a boundary. They have boundaries. They just may not be sharing. They may not share in the same boundaries you have for your kids. All right. I rock with that. So to the parents, that allow their oh, children gosh. to be disrespectful in their home. Teach them it's not okay to be disrespectful when they're outside their house. Keep that smoke in your house. <laughs> I don't want, I can't deal with boundaryless children. Yeah, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how important it is to set the boundaries for kids. I think that's important. For our kids. So don't come around here with that. So boundaries are basically set for kids so that kids can feel safe and secure, right? Essentially, that's why we set boundaries for kids. Why else do we set boundaries for kids? Um, We set boundaries for kids because it encourages the child to learn healthy limits. Right. And it's not, you're not raising them with this entitlement to (laughs) where they feel like they're entitled to any and everything, because they're not mm, in but, this entitlement age yeah. that we are Ooh, living Jesus. in. They feel like they're entitled to everything. Like, I know this one thing with our daughters. They don't have, and because I, now 
All right. Okay. Um, because we didn't, I didn't, not we, I didn't <laughs> establish it early on in their development. Mm-hmm. Our kids have full access to all of my devices. All. When it comes to Carlene's device, they don't touch it. Don't touch it. They don't it. look at it. Don't look at they it. They don't pick it up. Don't smell it. Nothing. They be all on my computers. They be in my headphones. They be in, And that's like, now I'm at the point where it's like, I don't even know. And I'm going to ask you, parenting specialist. I'm not a parenting specialist. I don't specialist. even know if I can set a boundary now because I think they're going to look at me like, ah, whatever. While they, <laughs> the while thing they about boundaries with children is this, just like with boundaries that we set with ourselves, you have to be consistent. You cannot say today, you may not use any of my devices. And then a few hours later, the device is in the children's hands because you decided to not say anything when they, when you saw them pick up your phone or pick up your device. So again, you have to be consistent. Are you talking to me or talking to the people? You asked the question. So I'm speaking to you because I've seen how you were just like, I, I'll ask you, where's your All right. phone? All right. Bo- I'm setting a boundary right <laughs> a boundary. now. <laughs> I'm setting a boundary right now. And I don't like the singing in your voice. My bad. You were just telling me <laughs> how to set boundaries with our children. There was a lot of there was a lot of inflection in your voice just now. My bad. With the with the singing because I, it came across as if you bragging. I'm not that, bragging. That, I think it's a matter of me just expressing to you what exactly it is that I see, and you asked my opinion, and I was just offering it. People in the comments was Carly talking like that before in the earlier part of our 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 show. Did this did this new this new singing talking. Did this just arise? I just want to know if anybody else noticed it but me. What's singing? I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, well, you know, you got to have boundaries when you are with your children. (laughs) That's not singing. That's just me talking. See, Shay, Shay, Andy, she spoke passionately. Right. You be paying the people in the comments. Not a dime. Not a dime, but it's very important for you. She says, I speak the same way. No. (laughs) She says she speaks the same way. I'm just trying to get a point across. But essentially, I just honestly feel that boundaries have to be consistent with kids because they will test those boundaries. They will they will crawl and walk and shout and stomp and try to walk all over those boundaries if they could. Right. But if. If you want the boundaries to stick, I encourage you to be consistent with kids because they will, in a heartbeat, see your weakness. They'll see. They're like, ooh, he's not watching or ooh, he's busy. And if he's busy, this is what they do with Jamie. If I'm being honest, this is what they do with him. Like when he's talking, when he's engaged in a conversation, he doesn't he's not even aware that they came, took the phone out of his hand and they run around, run along their merry way, right? He then he's like, "Where's my phone? Where's my? Fo- I don't know where my phone is." And I just, I just sit back and look at the whole thing unfold. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. "Talk about teammate." <laughs> yes, I'm just gonna watch you because what am I gonna do? Yep. And talk even when, and even when I say, do. talk about teammate, because right, even talk though about, talk about we're supposed to be in this together, we are. Because there have been times when I've been like, give your father back his phone, and they'll be like this, and then they'll go and do the same thing. And Jamie. then you're supposed to say, I tell you, put, put your father phone down before I come upset. Oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot. Okay, so one of the boundaries that we set for our girls specifically is. We set this later on in time because of me. I am taking the blame in this one. Now, before, I think it was because of lack of support, lack of community. We did not take advantage of spending time together um, 
spending time together, like going on dates and stuff like that when we moved out here, um, when we first moved out here because of the lack of community, whatever. And so it was always us and the girls, us and the girls. And so now, I mean, it's beautiful to see how other parents are prioritizing their time together and keeping consistent with the date nights and making sure that, you know, they go on trips and do doing all the things. For me, it was a little, it was me. I was a little bit afraid of leaving people with my children um, and unsure of how to do that. And so we just decided that, you know, we'll have our moments, but it won't be on the grand scale of like going out date nights and whatnot. Now we've inserted that boundary uh, where, you know, we set that time for ourselves. Um, and yeah. Yeah. I think my advice to anybody with children um, boundaries need to be set for children and they need to be set at formative years in their lives. Like particularly to this, the consistency and when you try to and consistency and even when you're trying to implement a new boundary as they get older, mm-hmm. that consistency, you're going to need to have that consistency even more because yeah. you're breaking them out or you're, you're helping them learn a new, a new boundary, mm-hmm. right? Like when they're like when our kids were, you know, three and four, they, you know, it was, it was easier, mm-hmm. but now at 12 and 11 and 10, yeah. you have to set more boundaries. It becomes a little bit more difficult, but I think that the older they get, they begin to learn to start setting boundaries for themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something that we're really learn trying to teach them model for them, you know, boundaries with regards to their bodies, Right. Boundaries with regards to, you know, their spaces, who they allow in their spaces and what does that look like with their friends and stuff like that. Um, I don't you know, it it can be a fine line. Do you think that let me ask this question. Do you think it can be a fine line between boundaries and control? Like trying to control your children? I think it can be. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know. if I think the two are completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I think the Tell two me are more. completely different. I think, I think boundaries come with an explanation, mm. right? I think boundaries come with an understanding. This is why you can't do this, or this is why you shouldn't do this, or this is why we said this. I think with control, control does not come with any conversation. I think control is just do this, do that. I don't want you to do this or do that. That's that's my opinion. It'd be different between boundary and a control. Well, I guess maybe what about in the light of you can't go here, right? Because I don't want you to go here. But you're saying that that boundary will warrant a explanation. Why can't I go here? Right. Opposed to don't go here. Right. Gotcha. And I think there's also parenting. I think parenting is just an overall umbrella, right? And so part of parenting under that umbrella is setting boundaries for your children, is also discipline, and is also protection, Mm -hmm. right? So I think with that protection comes with, no, you can't go there. And I'm not explaining to you why, Mm -hmm. because just know that I'm protecting you from something. Mm -hmm. But I think boundaries are, you know, um, in the morning, please, if you come to our room, please knock on the door. Yeah, facts. Right. Don't just open up the door or if someone's in the bathroom, just knock on the door first. Um, Boundary, you know, how you talk to each other, Mm -hmm. how you allow people to talk to you within Mm -hmm. the family. Right. Mm -hmm. Like these these are certain things. I think those are boundaries. Right. Um, And I think control. And I think I think at the end of the day, I don't know if we should be controlling. Do we do we control our kids? Do we control kids? Do we control humans? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We control our kids. If you're not careful, yeah. You can okay. control them to the extent where it feels as though they, they have no voice. They have no... Um, it's almost like they're stuck and we've kind of kept them in this and that thing, and- this grip. So again, I think that's... I think with the new age parenting, before I grew up in a, in a controlling environment... Where I felt like, 
you know, I can't go here, can't go there, can't do this, can't do that. Um, of course, I'm sure it was for safety purposes, but it was controlling versus like new age is almost like explain to me, mommy, why can't I do this? Why can't I go there? Oh, OK. Glad you asked. The reason why you can't is this, this and this. Was it controlling or very disciplined? I think it was both. Okay. I think it was both. Okay. Now, let me ask this question. Do you feel like we are parenting in a way that controls our children? To a certain extent. To a certain extent. I think for... There's so much I'm learning now as a parent um, that, like, in... Hindsight, I probably would not approach certain things the same way because I've learned, I've read a lot more um, about how to um, parent. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I've, I'm, I'm slowly releasing those that that res that sh restraint of you know, in the name of trying to protect them, trying to kind of keep them safe. Um, it can be restrictive for them where they don't have the ability to experience life and to grow and to be able to ask the questions or to be able to experience the thing and me be there as a coach saying, okay, let me kind of, this is okay. This is what, this is, this is how we, you approached it. How can we try to figure out what different ways of approaching it next time? Uh, this book that I've been reading um, has been really uh, my. Yeah, I think, um, I think we're. I think. I think this is warrants another conversation, because I feel like different parenting styles. I don't. I don't feel like we control our kids. Hmm. Okay. I don't. I don't feel like. Or and, and now, maybe it can be different parenting styles where you may feel like, and you may feel like you are controlling them, and I'm looking at you. I don't look at it as control. How do you look at it? I just look at it as protecting and parenting. I see. I, I don't know. I just There's have. There's a difference, though. I just have, like, I guess maybe in my brain, a different definition or a different um, understanding of what control. Control to me, my definition of control is you don't have voice. Mm. And I don't feel like you parent or we parent or I haven't witnessed uh, something that you have done or we have done and we said they can't do a certain thing and they didn't have the freedom to ask why or the freedom to, you know, to express themselves mm. in, in, in a way that's, that if they felt like they disagreed. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I guess for me, maybe because I could kind of, I could have, I've, I've felt certain parts in early as being a parent earlier on. And even like a little bit now, I still feel like I can, I sometimes control them in a sense of like, okay, like for example, let's take clothes, right? Like I want them to look a certain way. <laughs> I want them to, to present themselves a certain way. Um, and so it was almost like, I'm going to pick out your clothes for you because this is something that you need to learn and I need to model. Right. And then that was relinquished because then I started seeing that whatever, what we were teaching them about how to put yourself together. I saw that they were improving, but they, yes, they were definitely improving, but, but they, I think were, they, were, they were definitely able to express to true. us. Like, I, I think what, I think I think what when you use the example of the clothes, mm -hmm. I look at it as we are trying to control outcomes, right? So it's like we're trying to control what we're, we're controlling, we're monitoring and looking at what they wear because we're looking at what the outcome might be, right? So we're trying to control what the outcome. So if you dress like this, and we all know this, if you grow up, you know, most people growing up in in whoever you are. We knew that if you dress a certain way, people are going to treat you a certain way. Mm -hmm. If you dress a certain way, people are going to look at you a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I think like when we talk about how they dressed and 
changing their clothes and telling them to, you're going to wear this, you're going to wear that. I don't necessarily see it as controlling them, but I do see it as we're trying to protect or control the narrative about them. Mm. That's that's my opinion, because I don't feel like I, I, I honestly wholeheartedly do not feel like any time I feel like you control robots, you control animals. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like there's any point or any time with raising our children where if we asked them or told them to do something else, that they didn't have a voice to express like, I don't like that. Or, you know, we know this, that us growing up, if our parents told us to do something and mm-hmm. we didn't do it, and if we try to even show a sign, like, <laughs> right. you was getting hit, you was getting hit right away. Right. Our kids have done that and we have not acted out of vengeance or anything mm-hmm. to that nature. So I think, yeah, when I, we were growing up, like that was a form of control. Mm-hmm. Like you could not even like, you couldn't even express your displeasure. You had to do it. I think I saw a video. Uh, I think I sent it to you of the little boy. I think his father told him to clean the house. And the little boy went outside to vent his anger. And he didn't know that he was on the um the doorbell mm-hmm. camera. And you heard him out there. He was like, he needed to tell his fat self to get up and clean the house. Oh my his gosh. Fat self always cleaning the bathroom and stuff like that. So like <laughs> wow. because that little boy know that if he dare say that say that in front of his or father. even look like he was saying it, it was gonna be left and right and uppercuts all day. But um that's my opinion. Okay. I mean, I can see what you're saying. I think maybe I, what I'm saying is I think I have the ability to control, but I think I try to balance that control with being able to hear them out, being able to, you know, give them a space, a safe space for them to communicate whatever it is that is on their heart. Right. I think I have the ability to kind of just be like, no, I kind of want you to do it this way or I want you to kind of no, let's do it this way. But, you know, now I think I'm a lot better where I feel that I'm now able to compromise and give them um, the the ability to speak up. So I just want to. That's a boundary. And that's a boundary that you set for yourself. Right. Where it's just like, yeah. So this book um, has literally changed my perspective in terms of parenting. Um, it, it is painful. I'm sorry. It is painful. And it is, um, it's a painful read. And it's a painful read as a recovering um, helicopter mom, uh, overparenting mom. And so um, a low-key overparenting. I don't think I was high-key. I think it was low-key. But um, this book is called How to Raise an Adult, Break Free of the Overparenting Trap and Prepare Your Kids for Success. This is by uh, Julie Himes, Lythcott Himes, um, or Hames. But essentially, this book is allowing Jamie and I to um, have some courageous conversations about our children. And um, it's a hard read because again, if you're just kind of like a parent, if you have not started in the parenting journey, read it. If you are just the beginning of your parenting journey, I would suggest that you read it. If you are like me, you're just like, yo, there are some things that, you know, I would like to change or I feel like in, I'm in a, I'm open to whatever this book you should you should read it. Um, it definitely is just unearthing some serious stuff in, within us as parents and really and pretty much just raising our kids for being adults, not dependent on us. And when you read about all the things that our society, how parents are doing the kids homework, how parents are um how parents are um, do uh, going to uh, job interviews with their kids, how parents are like forcing their kids to do this thing, <laughs> to do this thing, because this is the thing that I want you to do, because that's the thing that you're going to do in order for you to be successful. Um, it, 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 I'm telling you, this this joint is it's 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 hard. It's a hard read, but I'm pushing through it. Um, I'm almost through with it. I'm doing the audio version. Um, but when I tell you 
that this book has changed my perspective on parenting in such a positive way. And for us too, because we're kind of, li- I'm listening to it, but Jamie's listening to it as well. Um, and I'm ju- we're just kind of talking through some things, but this book is bananas. <laughs> it is bananas, but I think it is something I wish I read when the girls were toddlers um, or something that I would have read. I wish I could have, would have read it when I, I wasn't a parent as yet. Um, but this is definitely a book that I would highly suggest um, for those that are parents who really want to raise adults that are not going to be dependent on us for everything. Mm-hmm. It's good, y'all. And maybe we'll have an episode where we just talk through some of the things about what the book has to share. I think that would be a dope addition to the show. Like, just what are we reading? And just kind of like a chapter and just talking about what we're, what, what we're currently reading and digesting at, in this present moment. Yeah. So Jamie just posted the link up to the book in the chat. Um, check it out. Check it out. Check it out. And um, like my, uh, my best friend, Carrie, she's the one that suggested it to me. And um, yeah, I'm so glad that she did. Thank you, girl. <laughs> and so shout out to Carrie. And so I am, um, yeah, forever indebted to her <laughs> for this introducing to me this, to this book that where Jamie and I are having courageous conversations about our girls. But it's so good, y'all. It's so good. But it is an hour and 14 minutes and mm-hmm. counting that we've been in this space. We talked about boundaries. We talked about boundaries. We got a whole lot more to talk about. Oh, man, because we don't even cover half of the half. But we do hope that whatever we do cover, that you continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's the main point. So we don't cover everything. We want you to cover the rest of the conversation tomorrow at lunch with your husband, your wife, your spouse, whomever it may be, that you would continue um, just uh, keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going with your, um, uh-oh, I'm sorry. I'm messing up, y'all. Doing it, I mean, go ahead and, <laughs> go ahead and um, continue to converse <laughs> with your spouse, with your boo, whoever it is, and just have these courageous conversations about all things boundaries. Um, any closing thoughts? Mm-hmm. Just keep the conversation going. We love y'all. Have a wonderful um, evening and a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Sabbath. Um, we love y'all. Peace. Peace.